Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into the 150th edition of the TFS Pod. I'd blow a kazoo and a horn if I could. I can't make that sound effect. Uh, last one of November. Um, regular season of college football is over. Feast week's over with college basketball. Um, NFL, we only have like, what, five weeks left, six weeks left. Um, getting close to the end. Um, lots to talk about. As we always do, Michigan State, we got our guy. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, excited. Um, yeah, let's get to it. Podium. All right, college basketball. A lot of it on last week. Um just noticed in the first four weeks of the season, I think this might be the most level playing field there's ever been in college basketball. You don't look at this and go, wow, that team's head and shoulders above the others. Purdue really good? Yeah. Other teams are really good? Yeah. But there's no team that you're like, oh, they're way better than another team. Like last year was kind of Alabama. They thought they were unbeatable, had whatever, three losses, and then you have losing in the, in the Sweet 16 or whatever it was. There's no team that you look at and you're like, they're dominant. I love it. Um, the parity's really good. Maybe the transfer portal will actually help with that. So then, you know, some mid-majors are actually kind of decent. Um, and some teams that, you know, lose guys left and right can be decent. Um, so we love it. Um, I've seen a lot more upsets, I feel like, lately. A lot closer spreads. Um, we love it. Um, yeah, I just, I'm a college basketball connoisseur, um, and I need that. Um, to stay afloat, really. Love me some college hoops, too, and that will be the focus going forward. But for my podium, oh, how could we not give attention to the martyr, the victim, the, oh, woe is me, Jimmy Harbaugh. Oh, look at me. It's not, it's not woe is me, it's look at me. Look at me. You know, a couple of different things. My favorite headline, I would give up some of my salary so that players could get a piece of the overall pie. You know what, Jim? Answer a question. Why didn't you know, if you didn't know, why your program was cheating? Your win over Ohio State, sure, proves that you're probably a little bit better than them. Maybe a little bit more well-prepared or at least executed better. That's off to you. Good win. Talk about that a little bit more in first in the first spot. But it still begs the question, if you're so good, why did you have to cheat? And how did you not know? And why do you keep deflecting by playing the martyr role in the, oh, I'd give up my salary for these guys, and I'm all about my guys, and all about, you're not about anything but yourself, you dirty pig. Hats off to Michigan for a good win over Ohio State. The worst part of that is, A, having to endure Michigan beating Ohio State again, although not as bad as it would be for Buckeyes fans. The worst part is now we for sure have to wait because there's no way the NCAA or CFP is going to pull the trigger unless somehow miraculously Michigan loses this weekend. I'm so tired of the Michigan versus the world, the sh- all that shtick. Remember, you're playing with an anti-Semite at, at tailback. You're playing on a campus filled with Jewish students with a bunch of Hamas profound professors screw you michigan that's my podium screw you michigan screw you jim harbaugh hats off you want a good game it still doesn't excuse your a-hole behavior no that'll never go away um as we well know all right tee up this week um didn't really have any great ideas but i I just thought of this because it's it's pretty funny the the Carolina Panthers a, a complete clown car really of an organization fire fire the right coach to begin well, first with first of all fire what's his name Matt Rule mid yeah, last one season, and four throw him away mm-hmm. um, then hire Frank Reich let him handpick his own quarterback handpick his staff all this stuff they're one and eleven or one and ten whatever they are he picked Bryce Young and he Bryce blows 
Um, Stroud is a lot better than him. Um, he said his a, dismissal is the quickest a, a new coach has been fired since 1978 when the 49ers let Pete McCauley go after a one and eight start. That's wild. Yeah, it's just I, I wouldn't want to be in that organization. No way. They've scored in their last six weeks, 24, 21, 15, 13, 13, 10, 10, progressively the same or worse over the last six weeks. Well, that means he's that supposed to be an offensive Frank, mind. That means Frank Reich got fired twice within a year from two yep. different jobs. Mm-hmm. He got fired from the Colts, too. Yep, last year around this does time. Does he retire or does he take an OC job? Because he's certainly not going to get a head washed. coaching gig again. He's washed. I don't think he should have been a head coach in the first place. I never thought he was good. Here we are again. All right, that's tee up. Um, we're gonna you gonna do any pregame this week? Probably no. We'll, we we'll talk about Michigan down. State's big hire and third down, which is our mailbag hodgepodge. We'll we'll dedicate a whole section to that because there's actually a lot of Michigan State stuff going on today with football. Um, and we'll get to that then. So let's just focus spot number one on uh, week on the week that was. Yeah, week thirteen. A little bit of leftover. Mo- most kind of mostly still rivalry week, but but there were rivals a week before too. So it was a little yep. combo leftover rivalry week. Start on uh, the early slate Friday. Uh, Iowa Nebraska. Well, Thursday you had Ole Miss beating Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean that was in the a- Egg Bowl. Mississippi State after coach, good for them. It was a nice, nice move by Lane to say that he missed uh, Leach, Dave Shugart. Yep, the, the pirate. Um, Iowa Northwestern talk about a uh, the Northwestern Nebraska same thing. Uh, pillow fight, um, pillow fight. Somehow they hit made the us under, hit the under again. Hit the under, um, uh, just awful. Iowa puts in their backup kicker that has it kicked all year and he makes the game winning field goal. What a weird thing. And because the other guy missed two two kicks, yeah. Ferentz cried, um, which makes you wonder, is this it? Um, could possibly hey, be. I mean hats off to him though. He's been look, really I, good. It makes your eyes bleed to watch their offense, but damn it, they go ten and two an awful lot. No, it's in that crappy division. Although I will say, as I've said before, this is and I think this is patently unfair. Iowa has three protected rivals. Nobody else has more than two. Most people have one, if any. And it's North, it's Nebraska, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So, arguably, Nebraska maybe will bounce back somewhere. Wisconsin's usually decent. Minnesota's average at best. That's like three winnable games on your Big Ten slate every year. That's a 30-year game. So, they'll probably keep going 10-2. and two. Crazy. That is really crazy. Um, yeah, but 10-2 and two with that offense, um, holy, you know what. Wow. Yeah, I saw something like it was the 120th versus the 118th offense, or 127th versus the 118th oh. And they get to offense. play in the Big Ten Championship. Oh, horrible. Ugh, gross. Not anymore after this year, though, thank God. Um, ripped the Band-Aid off. Michigan State, Penn State, it was 3-0 after one quarter. Those are the only. That's no, did Michigan one. State score? No, they got no, shut out. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Michigan State lost on NBC the last three games they played. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, one hundred and twenty-nine to three. Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Could have been. You throw Washington in there, so four games against top ten teams, top eleven, whatever you want to call it, one hundred and seventy to ten, one hundred and eleven to three before halftime. Outgained 2,306 to 693, 105 to 41 edge in first downs. Here's more Band-Aid material. This is more like, and under it is a festering, gangrenous, odiferous, smelly, likely going to have to amputate it appendage. Let's talk, we're talking about Jay Johnson. R.I.P. Here's a little tweet Ryan shared with me. Does his resume this year, you tell me if he's going to get another job anywhere, including Rocket Football. He made $1.5 million, about 10 times what I'm going to make. He had the number 132nd ranked scoring offense. That's dead last, folks. 13.3 points per game. Worse than Iowa. Worse than Nebraska. 129th in total offense. 128th in rushing offense. 127th in third down percentage, 117th in turnovers committed. He was shut out twice by Penn State and Michigan. He had a program record fewest yards in a game in the last game against Penn State, 53. 
averaged 9.3 points per game in conference play, and he had approximately 75 failed short yardage play calls. Pretty good. And that all came to a head on Friday when Michigan State battled. Now, could they, should they have probably scored first or second to tie the game or take the lead and then Hauser threw a dumb interception and then that was the best Michigan State did the rest of the night? The defense, you can't blame the defense. The defense was exhausted. The defense did what they could. The defense is down a ton of guys that are hurt and whatever. Um, but that game right there was the season in a nutshell. And then, of course, Ryan shares after the game, and we know this doesn't matter now, but, you know, he was asked what advice Harlan Barnett would ask, what advice he'd give to the next head coach. And he's like, well, when I look in the mirror, I would tell myself, <laughs> dude, were you really smoking that much crack? I mean, I get confidence, but there was no way. You went 2-8. and eight. You got obliterated several times on national TV. Washington game, okay, fine. Close on the heels of what went on. By now, no way. Penn State's not even that good. They just fired another offensive coordinator. They go through offensive coordinators like newborns go through diapers. It just, I mean, and then you get new, we'll talk about more in third down, but transfer portal, you know, it's gushing now. People didn't leave during the season, and they may not leave, right? Some of them are just testing the waters or whatever, but like, these guys that had to suffer through that are going in droves. And, and I I blame the the existing coaches. You know, a couple of them are going to get a, a job with the new staff probably more than likely, which is a good thing, hold some continuity and whatever. But that was just so painful to watch that now at least we turned and made a good, quick decision, yeah. and, you know, the right decision quickly Before the to, rush. to make you kind of immediately push that to the back of your mind. Like, I, it's a forgettable season, but I don't think we're going to lament it because we have a new start, which I think is the, the one positive. Yep, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, not much else to say about that game. It was pretty abysmal. Uh, Indiana-Purdue, uh, Indiana blows it again. Purdue wins. Bye-bye, Tom Allen. Big buyout on that guy. He negoti- wow. or They negotiated down to $15.5 million, but that's still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why, how was he for him? He got a contract because they had one good year during COVID, and then they went like what, right. like nine and twenty. They were, yeah, they were they then. were never all that good to begin no, with. I mean, it was kind of fluky. It they was didn't Michael play Penix. anybody. Yeah, it was. There you go, common denominator. Yep, um, terrible though. Um, so they're looking for a new coach. Um, Purdue, what they finished four and eight. Yikes! Mm-hmm. Same as Not us. Good. Um, Northwestern Illinois. Northwestern seven and five. Keeps Illinois out Unreal. of a bowl game. Good for Northwestern, man. There were a lot of five and six teams going into this weekend, not just in the Big Ten, because in the Big Ten you had Illinois, Minnesota, Nebraska. We're all five and six with wins. They get to bowl eligible, and I think one of them is going to go right because of Minnesota. Maybe yeah, Minnesota probably because of academics and whatever. And there's not enough teams. Oh, shocker! Because there's, there's forty-one freaking bowl games. Yeah, it's unbelievable. There's not eighty-two teams that are good enough to go to no, bowl games. It should be like. Including the Pop-Tart Bowl, which has a live edible mascot. They eat the guy, too? I guess. cannibals? Yeah. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, It's just some fat guy with, like, Smucker's Jam rubbed all over himself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I've been telling you for a long time that P.J. Fleck is a fraud, and it serves again. They're terrible. Another bad offense. Kaliak, Michigan State made him look like... Patrick Mahomes, don't worry. Yeah, true. true. Um, Wisconsin seven and five um, gets to a. They'll probably get to like the what the freaking Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, I haven't even looked at the bowl Insight yet. Bowl, whatever it's called now. I don't even know any of the bowl games anymore. It's not like what it used to be when I was young. Um, Think about when I was young. Maryland um, beat Rutgers pretty good. Rutgers still going bowling though, six and six. Rutgers failed hard down the stretch. Their offense is horrible. Yeah. Common I mean, denominator. The Big Ten, yeah. I mean, look at Oregon, Washington, USC, maybe UCLA even, are licking their chops because they're like, we don't have to – we can outscore all these teams. We don't have to play defense. No. Um, yeah, that was – and then Michigan, Ohio State, of course. Um, Michigan won this game due to the turnovers. Um, Ohio State outgained them. Ohio State, I, I thought for the most part, played a pretty solid game. Their defense was good, kind of got worn down at the end. Um, 
kind of get caught peeking in the back. Their defense is pretty good against the run, kind of limited big plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did all year. You can see there are some holes in that Michigan defense that Ohio State tried to, like, they couldn't exploit, though, because I, McCord's not very good, honestly. And he's His still first like, pick was bad. His, his last one, bad because it ended the game. Duress. But it was under duress, and, you know, you're a young quarterback. you got to know just throw that away and live another down. But, um, th- look, feel bad for Minter. Broke his leg. I saw that. Before. They didn't even present or whatever. Minter is their coach. Uh, I saw it on the on the field, but I didn't even see the play. And I saw it kind of, and they didn't really that. show it, and they wouldn't show the replay, so you know it's gruesome. And, you know, I felt bad for that. Michigan rallied around that. Um, look, Blake Corm's a good running back. Um you know, McCarthy didn't make any mistakes, but to say that he's like a Heisman no, caliber he's, guy, he's not. If he had no run game, he wouldn't be that good. He's not. I mean, it's I, all... he would. if you put him at Michigan State with what Michigan State has, Michigan State wouldn't be markedly better. A little bit better, but not he's a good. He's solid, a solid college quarterback. Solid, but he's but, not great. He's no. not Jesus Jr. Um, defense, you know, pretty decent. Look, yeah, they're defense. Uh, I, I don't have a dog in this fight except for the fact that I abhor Michigan, but... Like, Ohio State fans have gripe and beef with the refs for the touchdown that they gave to Michigan that was an interception. Like, I get it. It's bang, bang. And if it's not totally clear, you can't overturn it. But, I mean, every angle I looked at, and even, you know, the whatever his nuts is, the official on Fox, the guy that gets paid to look like a moron and say what we already Dean know. Dean Blandino. Dean Blandino. Like, he even said, look, the ball's moving. That's an interception. That's not a touchdown. The question that I have, and you'll never know, is would they have overturned it had they called it an interception and overturned it and said it was a touchdown? I kind of almost think that they would have. I don't get why. Because you would be doing everybody a favor if Michigan just went away right now. Um, this cheating narrative is not going to go away. You know, if they somehow luck into, and let me tell you, I'm sorry, they're good. They're not Oregon. They can't win a title. They're not Georgia good. They're still, they're Big Ten good. And look, Ohio State learned a lesson. I was talking about this with a coworker today. Ohio State looked at the last two years and said, we're built to beat SEC teams, which, by the way, they almost beat Georgia. And basically, really, they were. And it's why they've won a national championship lately, because they turned it and started to try to be better than SEC schools. And just happened to take out some crappy Michigan schools teams along the way. So Michigan focused on getting back to big boy physical football, and that's where they've been beating Ohio State, that and knowing all the plays on both sides. Shocker, it wasn't a blowout because they didn't know all the plays. Good for you, you won without knowing all the plays, but it also wasn't a blowout like it was because you didn't know all the plays. Anyway, Michigan is built to win the Big Ten. Ohio State was built this year to win the Big Ten, a defense that bends but doesn't break. Doesn't necessarily get a bunch of sacks. Doesn't create a lot of turnovers. Doesn't, but doesn't give up big plays and and you know keeps games close. That's not when what wins national championships. That's not what wins the SEC. That's not how Oregon is good. Oregon's good on on all three phases with the SEC style. Ohio State went that way for a couple of years and then they got too hell bent on beating Michigan. Instead, in my opinion, instead of competing for a national championship. Now, the good news is that changes next year going to 12 teams um, because you know, arguably the third best Big Ten team will get in the top 12 probably to get to the Should Big be. Ten championship. So I don't know that, that this year would be a Penn State. Maybe it would be. Ohio State for sure would be in the playoff if it was next year. But I think that's why Ohio State lost. Ohio State got caught up in more – Oh man, we got to get back to beating Michigan. We're going to panic if we don't beat Michigan. Look, I get beating your rivalry. It's key. Like, we want to pound the hell out of Michigan, too. I, I get it. I'm not taking that away from you. But I truly believe that Ohio State shifted gears to be more of a compete and win the Big Ten and not the national championship. Now, maybe it's because that's the personnel they had. Maybe because they knew that with McCord, that was the best that they could do. I don't know. But you had, as Gus calls them, ad nauseum, Maserati. Uh, already Marv. Marv. Yeah, and they did nothing. So they them. had some stud guys on that team, obviously. Um, Henderson's a great back. Really good. Um, Stover's a good tight end. But Ohio State was was built to try to win the Big Ten, not a national championship. And I'm telling you, that doesn't mean that Michigan won't win a national championship and then have to vacate it next year. But they're built to win the Big Ten, not a national championship. I'll tell you who's more built to win a national championship than Michigan is, and that's 11-1 and Alabama. Yeah. 
who, by the way, what oh. in the hell? If you're Auburn, what is Auburn doing? the rule, for those who don't know, no in, in college it. football is pass interference is a 15-yard penalty. Well, don't let it do any behind It's not it. a spot foul. It's not a foul occurred in the end zone, therefore the ball's in the two-yard line like in the NFL. It is a 15-yard penalty. It is fourth and goal from the 31. Just like you would tell your quarterback, like McCord, live to play another down, throw that ball away, throw it to the ground, whatever. Defensive player, turn your ass around and shove the guy out of bounds. Take a pass interference. Learn to you know, live to play another down. Um, what a heartbreaking way to lose. Probably just payback, I guess, for pick six or kick six ten years ago to you know almost to the day. Um, but that was another example of just fantastic football on the weekend. A lot of blowouts, but some close games too. How about Oklahoma basketball score, 69-45? to 45. I was looking at TCU went, went to the national title game last year and they went 5-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. 520 yards of offense wasn't good enough. Oregon State actually... Held Oregon to one of its lowest scoring outputs of the year at 31-7. to Kentucky upsets top 10 Louisville. Took away any outside, 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 but outside chance Louisville had at the playoff. Oklahoma State had to survive BYU, who was a little pesky down the stretch in double overtime to make the Big 12 title game. Arizona finished off an impressive season. They waxed their rival. Tennessee doubled up Vandy. I think there was a bench-clearing brawl in that game. Um, Washington survived Washington State, and Washington's not playing particularly well. We'll get to that in in spot two as we preview things. Notre Dame ended on a high note, 56-23 over Stanford. Florida State down to their third-string quarterback at one point, beat Florida. That's who we should have teed up, those cheap shots they took on Florida State's quarterback. Georgia kind of had to hang in there and beat Georgia Tech. Clemson. Well, you know that they pl- like half their roster was a healthy search. Oh, I bet, yeah. Get them ready for the SEC championship game. NC State you know, beats North Carolina, a little rivalry game. Kansas State loses to Iowa State. That was the other upset for the weekend. So a lot of really good football. Sad to see the, you know, now we get all silly season with all the bowl games, but kind of sad to see the loaded up Saturday is gone after this Saturday. Yeah. Sad. Congrats for this spot. No, I got nothing else. All right, spot two and Big Ten power rankings are presented by Norris Sports Group. NSG is a boutique agency of experts with 30-plus years' experience in sports sponsorship and much more. Learn more about them today at norrissportsgroup.com. Call my boy Bill down in Naples. All right, my final Big Ten power rankings, assuming nothing drastic happens in Indy this weekend, uh, Indiana deserved that 14th slot I gave them last week. Nebraska, 13. I flip-flopped Michigan State and Purdue. Michigan State and Purdue both went 4-8, and eight, but Michigan State got absolutely blasted in their finale. So they're 12th, Purdue 11th. Still a glut tied for 10th. I don't know how to disseminate between these teams. Minnesota, oh, Illinois, awful. Rutgers, Maryland. Rutgers and Maryland are at least bowl eligible, but they're all bleh. Wisconsin at 6 is a reach. Northwestern. Had a nice season. Hats off to them. Iowa fourth by default. I mean, they're ten and two. Penn State still third. I think they also smashed Iowa uh, and Michigan. Ohio State flip flop. Ohio State goes to two. Michigan goes to one. Um, question is: Is can Ohio State somehow find their way into the playoff? I guess it depends on where they end depends up. Depends on rankings. what happens this yeah. weekend. I mean, I think Georgia would have to win. Florida State would have to lose. Uh, I, I think. No, Michigan would probably have to lose for them. To even Texas would probably have to lose. Texas would have to lose. No, I think I think Ohio State can get in if if they Georgia and Michigan and winner of Oregon, Washington's in. Let's just say it's Oregon. Yeah, the other, those other because then it's going to be between because and if Florida State loses and if Texas loses, then Ohio State <laughs> arguably is probably sitting in there at number six or so. Then they just have to beat Washington out if. If it's Washington that loses or Oregon out, well, they wouldn't have to beat Oregon. If Oregon if Oregon loses, they're out of the picture. So, um, I guess that kind of depends there too. So, I I think there's still an outside chance. Obviously, they got in last year. Does the committee really think that they're a top four team? I'll tell you this: if Florida State is sitting there unbeaten, beats Louisville in the in the championship, and they get bypassed by a one loss team just because they lost their quarterback, I, I mean, I get it, but I think that's horseshit because you. Ohio State that, did it. That happened to Ohio State. Yeah, I just i I would not be There's a fan playoffs. of that at all. 
I really wouldn't, but we'll, we'll see next week. That's a topic for next week. Yep. All right, championship week, Friday night it begins. Um, got a slate of games here. We're going to do them all because there's not that many. In the, I don't know, what conference is that? The What is, was Liberty in? I don't even know. What, what Conference USA, maybe? I don't know. Liberty and New Mexico State. Is it? Virginia and New Mexico. Those schools aren't anywhere is close. Is it Conference USA? Yeah, it is. Wow. That's crazy. I forgot that that was... Okay, Liberty Conference... Liberty versus New Mexico State Conference USA. New Mexico USA State beat Auburn, right? Yeah, they're pretty solid. Liberty's, Liberty's undefeated. Um, I'm going to go Liberty in this one. Jamie Chadwell. Yeah, Liberty, at least on this app, I'm looking at as a favorite by 10.5. I'm going to go Liberty as well. Oregon, Washington. Straight up, because I think this game, I think both these teams are Oregon's really favored by nine and a half. I think Oregon's going to crush them. Washington is, like, they're not playing they've well. been surviving advanced the whole Penix month of November. Penix is kind of dinged up, I heard. Yeah, I mean, look, they're good on both sides of the ball. Their kicker under scholarship after he won the Apple Cup for them the other day. Um, I just, Oregon, look, that, that game came down to a kicker, right? If Oregon doesn't miss the field goal, it goes to overtime, and who knows who wins, right? Well, it and they be. went for it a couple times, too, like Dan right. Manning, Dan Campbell. So I, I, I've watched Oregon lately, and they are a machine. On, and Nick's has got to be odds-on favorite to win the Heisman. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Washington won. I think 10's a little steep, but they're not playing that great right now. So, yeah, I'm going Oregon. Texas versus the Pokes, Oklahoma State. 14. Oklahoma State got waxed by UCF. They barely beat BYU. 14 and a half is a spread. I don't, I, I'm going to say Texas covers. I think Texas is playing pretty well. I mean, what, who would they play? Tech? They beat them by 50 the other day. Yeah, I don't think they're going to cover. Are we going by cover, 14 and a half? Yeah. No, I don't think they'll cover, but they'll win. All right. I'm oh. winning this thing right now, aren't I? Yep. Picks wise. Toledo, oh, could have what could have been Jason Candle as Michigan State's head coach playing Chuck Martin, um, former Grand Valley coach. Um, Miami. Yep, I'm going Toledo. Eleven and one. They didn't lose a game since week one against Illinois. On and they barely lost Cowboy. that. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll end up with a job somewhere. Honestly, maybe That's Syracuse, it? Indiana, yeah, Toledo. Oh yeah, Indiana. True. Um, I'll go. I, I'll buy that Toledo. Mount West Conference, UNLV versus Boise State, decided by computer. Crazy. Oh, because of the tie? Like yeah. Multi-team tie? Yeah, there's three teams tied. Interesting. And they all beat each other. Huh. I'm going with the Rebs. Rebs have uh, Ricky Smith, right? Or Ricky, Ricky White. White, sorry. Yep. Um, uh, he of fame who shredded Michigan for a win with uh, Rocky Lombardi as his quarterback. Uh, what are their their records? Must be similar. I think right? they're both like nine and Didn't three. Didn't Boise just fire? Yeah, they fired coach. their coach and they're in the championship. I'm going UNLV. Uh, down in Atlanta, Georgia, Bama for the third time in Georgia's four years. favored by six. I'm going straight up here. I think Georgia gets the dub here. I think they're too much. I think Bama, it's going to be close though. I think I think Bama might cover. I like Melrose a lot. He's he's getting to that Jalen Hurts. I think one that more dude year. had forever to throw a couple times against Auburn. One more year and he's going to be Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think it's going to be a ball game, but I think Georgia ekes it out and for the third. I think it would be third year in a row, right? Yep, trying to three peat. Uh, SMU versus Tulane, the American Conference. That's a good game. Tulane's yeah, a five and a half point. I'm going smooth, man. I like their coach. I'll go Tulane. I like their colors. Their helmet. I'm yeah, going to go with the, the green wave. Pick. Appalachian State versus the Troy Trojans. Uh, Apple, App State's a dog, um, not by much. I'm going App State. Yeah, I don't know much about them, but I'll go App State just because Luke Combs went there for a semester or two. <laughs> Michigan versus Iowa, 23 and a half. Is this the over under is 35 and a I, half, I, which I, means I was team total six. That's crazy. I'm going Michigan to cover. They're going to show no mercy, especially with hair bag back. Uh, I, I can tell you this: I'm not going to watch it. How about how about this? You should watch it just for when Michigan wins the Tony Petiti Jim Harbaugh Trophy Exchange. Barf! I wouldn't watch that anyway. That'd be you hilarious. Enough I to hope watch they it. fight each other. Uh, I'm torn here. They don't have all the signals to. 
But they don't have to do much to stop Iowa, though. Yeah, basically, you have to stop the run and you win. I think Iowa's defense can keep them close. I'm going to I'm gonna say Iowa's going to cover. They're going to lose we by We said 21. that two years ago, and Michigan won 45-3. Iowa's going to cover. They're going to win by – they're going to lose by 21. Florida State, Louisville. Two is the spread, I think, for Florida two State. Two and a half, Florida State, yeah. Uh, I think they get it done. I think there's a team with destiny. I think so, too, and I think they're, they just want to put their committee in a tough spot, like pick against us. What's with the broken legs lately, too, by the way? That's two big key players for big-time teams that had broken legs the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, Plus, Louisville really sputtered against Kentucky. They haven't played anybody. The only team they really played, I mean, you play the schedule you have, is Notre Dame, right? Yeah. They didn't really play anybody else. Pitt, for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Those are the picks this week. All right, that's spot two. Spot three. A word before that from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that fits your wants and needs, and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients for 30-plus years in the West Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. And, hey, the ad works because long-lost friend, didn't know he was a listener to the podcast, Carl Van Fleet, Mr. B, Mr. Sheboygan himself. Um, he even knew who our sponsor was. Carl, shout out to you. We'll talk about your lion debacle in spot number five today. But um, and you were also at the Michigan State game on Friday, I I'm believe. Sorry. So um, God bless you, my friend, um, for enduring that. I hope you went to the Motor City Casino and won some money on blackjack uh, to kill your misery. Okay. Anyway, so. We'll get into. Let me do the questions first. Then we're going to talk about Michigan State's hire and what's going on at Michigan State because obviously it deserves a lot of our attention as Michigan State guys. So, I do have some mailbags. Um, this one comes from Mana. Why are sports so beneficial to our mental and physical health? Yeah, they even they shouldn't be. <laughs> they weren't this weekend, but she said was just thinking how sports removes us temporarily from all the misery in the world, and there is a lot of it. Where would we be without our sports teams? So much fun to root. It's all, it's an outlet, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think that's why it gives you optimism and hope, right? Like even the way Michigan State's football season went, you still had a hint of you found something to be optimistic about. We're going to see a guy for the future. You know, with basketball, your optimism is well, they're laying an egg now, but usually Izzo's really good in March, and they still have a lot of talented players. With the Lions until last week, it was, hey, they're off to their best start since 1962. We have something to cheer about with the Lions for now. So I think it's optimism and hope because that's what you're missing in the rest of the world. So I think that's that's really what it is. And sometimes, not often enough, it's the human interest stories. It's the Kirk Cousins of the world. It's the Strouds using kind of his platform, you know, to give you know, Lord or thanks, praise and thanks to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, you know, the last person that I remember doing that pretty regularly, minus Tim Tebow, was Kurt Warner, who I know is a really good dude. Um, so I think it's just, it's that hope, it's the underdog story, it's upsets, it's like watching the Fairly Dickinsons beat the Purdue's and just, you know, the excitement of I might see something that, yeah, that, that, that might not happen, you know, another time. So um, another one from Mona. Talked about I talked about this a little bit in my open, but you know Harbaugh saying college football players should share in revenue and should be paid for playing. Um, do you think that Ryan, as a former college, you didn't get a scholarship for sports? But I mean, I always thought they should get like some sort of stipend a month. I don't. I mean, so here's my thing. I mean, they already get. If you want a revenue share, which no, I don't think they should. If you want to, then no more name, image, and likeness, and no scholarships. Like, that should be more than enough to fund them because college football, as we know, the Big Ten alone is a $7 billion football industry. Yeah. If you want a revenue share, then you revenue share at kind of, I call it a plus-plus, cover enough to cover their scholarship and enough to cover, you know, some walk-around money and that, whatever. So trade it. You can't have all of it. You can't have NIL and scholarship and revenue share. No way, no how. I don't care if you're going to be a martyr and take less money, Jimmy. Um, yeah, right. So it's got to be one or the other. Bastard. And the revenue share can't is never going to be 100% anyway. And that would have to be an even split, I think, from the last guy on the roster to the stud. And that's why I think it will never work because NIL allows somebody who potentially 
could make a lot more money to make a lot more money because they're better. So that's revenue sharing um, across that is the socialist liberal way, which is not actually a Harbaugh thing. So it's kind of an interesting, interesting thing to take on that. Um, here's a question that I thought today, Ryan, and this will bleed into uh, a little bit. Yeah, this will bleed into the, the Smith conversation. What's your take on guys hitting the portal immediately after a new coach was hired? I mean, I, I get it. Um, it makes you, I mean, it's obvious that they were going to leave regardless. Um, it, at least flirt with the idea. They were, they're just waiting for the season because obviously there'd be nowhere to go um, during the season. It's not like they could play anywhere. It's not like they could practice. Um, I mean, it makes sense, but it also kind of shows who's in, who who's out. Um, you already have some guys saying they're for sure not going to come back. Some guys saying, yeah, you know, we're just going to explore options and whatnot, see what's out there. Um, but, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. New coaching staff, I mean, if, it, if you were in love with the coach that, you know, recruited your position and it's obviously a new person now, then I get it. But I, I don't I can see both sides of it. Yeah, I mean, I think this is how I look at it. You haven't even met the coach. I think it's kind of cowardly. Um, to me, it says either you don't want to compete for time under a new coach because you're afraid or you're so fragile, your ego is so fragile that you have to be gushed over and re-recruited by a new staff. Very fair, valid, legitimate question from Dauber and Chris. And Ryan and I are going to start a watch board. How many Michigan State guys, and we should have done this in the past too because I have this generalization anyway, end up going to another Power Five? Now, we don't know all the guys that are going to transfer. There's some names out there. Levitt, who Ryan and I have been fairly outspoken that we hoped Michigan State would keep. He said he's gone, gone, because he's butthurt that Smith, and Levitt for history or for discussion's sake, is from Oregon. Levitt, or Smith did not offer him because he offered and got the number seven overall quarterback. Childs, yeah. who Michigan State is hoping will transfer. He was a true freshman this year. And so he's butthurt that he and says he has beef. Now, I give him credit for being honest, but at the same time, like, dude, come on. Like, get over yourself. So he didn't recruit you because he had a better, higher-ranked quarterback. He's not going to pick two of you, right? He picked who he wanted for his system and his mm-hmm. style. Okay, in that case, I get it. But if I'm him, and if I'm if that's my son, if that's Ryan, I'm advising him. I'm like, no, stay and prove him wrong. Prove why you should be that. At least stay until spring, because here's the thing. Okay, yeah, you can leave now potentially, and then you can go in the spring and play spring ball somewhere else. Go for the next semester. So I understand that. But for for a coach that just changed, and Michigan State's had a lame duck for ten weeks. We knew that. There's no way Barnett was going to keep this job unless they went eight well, and two, I mean, which did. wasn't going to happen. Um, why would you do it now to float your name out there to see what? You know, what are you going to have proven? Because I'll tell you, you go in the portal, Michigan State doesn't have to take you back. Like, didn't have to take Hay- Hayward back. Hayward came and said, I want to come back. The coaches talked about it. And they decided, okay, fine, we'll bring you back. And that worked out really well for him. Gaiote did the same thing. Now, he'll probably enter the transfer portal for good. He didn't even play this year. But um, it, I just, I don't know who's advising these kids now. First of all, the transfer portal being the Wild Wild West is ridiculous. I love that Smith already has come out and said, I am going to build this thing from the ground up, meaning mostly with high school players. Will I go to the portal for a player or two to fill a gap, to fill a need? If there's a canine type of guy out there, sure, that's what it's for. I will not Deion Sanders it and turn over my entire 85-man roster with a bunch of transient guys who have no buy-in to a program. That's not how you build culture. Dion might sell you on that. That's not how you sell culture. So I struggle. I mean, I get on one hand with guys putting their name in just to just to see. But why not talk to the guy? Why not have an evaluation with the coaches that are going to be there and then put your name in? The portal opens December 4th. Guys are going to go in from the day that it opens until the day that it closes. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of a head start. But if a big-time program wants you, they're going to want you. They're probably going to tamper and ask you to go into the portal anyway, let's be honest. So 
I I struggle with that. I before you even met the guy, again, Levitt, okay, fine, you've got beef, you're butt hurt or whatever, but like when are eighteen and nineteen year olds gonna learn to grow up and be men? I get Never. it, they're kids, but like this is football for ninety nine percent of you is more about what you become and not become as in an NFL player, but become as in become a successful person in life, a, a successful man, husband, father, businessman, lawyer, doctor, whatever you want to be. Like people going in the portal without even talking to a new guy, they're quitters. They're cowards. You can at me all you want. You can say, oh, but you you would do it. You're 50. You, you don't know what it's like to be an 18 year old. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let my 18 year old do it. I'd be like, no, Ryan, you're going to sit here and we're going to know this coach and we're going to first evaluate this coach in this situation before we decide. We have a little bit of time to decide and still go this semester if we really want to. And I'm going to guess, because here's, here's a follow-up question to that. Chris says, you and Ryan picked the over-under 12.5 players in the portal by the end of this open period and over or under 25.5 players from the current roster gone, gone by spring end of spring. I'd say, I'd say push. That's my number is 25. That's how I think it's going to be gone. Yeah, so you're, you think over, you think push on the 12.5 in this part and 25 total. So you think 12.5, 12.5. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say about. I think it'll be, I would not be surprised because we're already going towards the over. Now, I don't know if, the, if those 12.5 well, are going to be. No, I'd, I'll, say, I'll go over 12.5 and, and I'll say under. I'm going to go under 20.5 because I think some of those guys are going to come back. Some of those guys being Kate Hauser, I think there's a pretty decent chance he comes back, especially with Levitt going. Right now, Michigan State only has one other quarterback coming in. There's been a lot of chatter. Jim's still on their roster. Good. No way. There's a lot of chatter that Childs, the stud quarterback I was talking about that Levitt got beaten out by for Oregon State, is going to come with Coach Smith because he loves Coach Smith. I'll take him a second. He's like 6'4", 2-something. He's like a, what would you call him, like a Terrell Pryor type, Yeah, that's what Ryan. they compare him to. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't worry about where Michigan State's going to go and these these guys that leave. And, and I've always held the belief that if you leave, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. If you're going to quit on the program, I don't want you on my team. Because I guarantee you, I'll, let's say this. If we're under 20 and a half that actually leave, is that what we're agreeing? Yeah. Let's just say of those, we'll just say of those 20 that leave, 18, 19, 20 guys that leave, how many end up on Power 5 rosters? Under four. Yeah, I'd say three. Darius Snow, love him. He was a phenomenal Maybe, talent. Shredded his knee. He might not ever play again. He if he goes, he's going to go down to like the best place that most Michigan State guys have gone is like Memphis, and they don't even play there. Yeah, I mean, and if, that's and more. If they go powerful. And guys, that's play. less of an indictment on those players and more of an indictment on the coaches. Yeah, I think because they're they're horrible talent evaluators. Ryan pointed out Forest Hill Central, my alma mater. Chris, your alma mater. They won the state championship in football this weekend. First one in school history. Go Rangers. Um, they have a six-five offensive tackle. Yeah, let's see. I'll, I'll, going I'll to Purdue that. next year. Michigan State didn't even offer him. No, no I'm sorry. He's a safety. Why did he even offensive lineman? Safety. Michigan State offered him probably because he's a white safety. I'm dead yeah, I knew the last really good white safety. He that runs was a fast four. He runs a four-four safe. Four-four forty. Dave, I bet you Dave and Chris could remember this name. Stu Schweiger came from the Flint area, but white safety is about in Charles Rogers. Um, age range that was electrically fast. He had legendary sprints against Charles Rogers in high school and he went and played safety at Purdue and had a really good career. So Mel Tucker didn't even recruit guys in Michigan or Ohio. So um, yeah, that uh, that's kind of where I think on that. So look, we'll get to this and then we'll get into Smith. Um, this is from Mitchapalooza. I hadn't heard from a couple weeks. Happy belated Thanksgiving and your cranberry sauce Mitchapalooza. <laughs> Uh, I would give this hire a solid A-. minus. I do not know the full contract details. I don't think any of us. And his main reason that he's not giving him a full A yet. But I think his blend of actual head coaching experience, strong staff ties, and offensive chops will bring MSU back to its 2010s glory days. Personally, I love that he's bringing many members of his staff with him. This will allow him a fast start with recruiting, transfer portal, and establishing a new culture. Tucker's pieced together staff clearly never worked out. And left Michigan State in the dust schematically every week. I will not get into transfers too much because I do genuinely think with a proper scheme and easier schedule coming in 24 and 25, 
Michigan State with its existing roster is much closer to seven-win team. If you look at the start of the D'Antonio area, that is what we were until we fully developed the likes of Connor Cook, LJ Scott, Trey Waynes, etc. Smith's recent success and head coaching experience will establish a high floor for Michigan State. I agree with you, yes. Mitch. I I have had him. We can go back to pods dating back before Tucker was even officially fired. Smith was in my top four, was he not, Ryan? Yep. And actually, interestingly enough, so were Elko, who was reportedly a finalist. So were Leipold, who was reportedly a finest, finalist. Which tells me, A, Michigan State got the guy it wanted. Uh, I give credit to Alan Haller because I doubted him. And I verbally on this podcast doubted him. I think he did a really good job. He kept it quiet. Maybe he threw some of that smoke around Urban Meyer and got people all kind of up in arms. I think that tit for tat, what Michigan State needed, they got the best possible coach in this cycle. They broke the spell of a defensive-minded guy, and they got an offensive guy. I think that's critical with where football is going. Because you can hire a good defensive coordinator as long as it's not Hazleton. I I think Smith is age. He's like 44. He's played and played with and developed a lot of NFL talent. He's kind of the quarterback whisperer. He can attract quarterbacks. And let's face it, who wins Heisman's every year for the most Quarterback. part? Quarterbacks. Who are the best players in college football this year? Quarterbacks. And there's a lot of good ones. Um, that's what you need. And what, where did Michigan State flounder? dramatically quarterback is very clear when you watch Auburn play that as much as Peyton Thorne was still a roller coaster, he was way better than any options Michigan State had on the roster this year. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so I think that's, that's one of my favorite things. I think, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, he doesn't have ties to the Midwest, whatever. He does have Bring a player. Him. He has a defensive backs coach that played at Cincinnati, albeit he's from Florida. Um, he's going to keep, it sounds like Barnett. Uh, I don't know what official capacity yet. Rumors are probably Hawkins at a wide receiver coach, which is key. I think that keeps some staff continuity. I think the receivers were pretty okay for Michigan State. I think they had their moments. Um, You got a guy like Nick Marsh, who's a big recruit. That still will probably come because of him. Ryan and I said this right away. I think you go make a push to go get Max Bulla, a legendary Spartan. He's the linebacker's coach at Notre Dame to give you even more continuity than another Midwest guy. And I agree, Mitch. I love the fact that he's got – a core of his own guys because, A, they want to come with him. And some of those guys have been at Oregon State since he was a player at Oregon State, like their strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, he's been there for a long time. It's like, like Ken Manning. Like the continuity, do you you cannot not continuity. Tucker never had that at no, all never. on staff. Those guys didn't work together well. So what you get with the continuity is not only guys familiar with the head coach and his style and his culture, but they're familiar with each other. Um, he says – one of Mitch's questions is how far behind is Michigan State in the key Midwest states for recruiting? I think we're behind, obviously, but I think it's going to get some attention from offensive players to go, hmm, look, I like what yeah, they've done. Be. I mean, they, they had a really good record the last two years. All but two of their games, they lost by less than a score. Um, so they're competitive, not just in-game, you know, not just like competitive, okay, they're decent, but they're like the games they lose are games they could potentially win against good teams. Um, I think as long as he makes Michigan and Ohio in particular a priority, keep Florida, keep, you know, some of your West Coast highs or whatever, we can spread that way. That's okay. The Pac-12 is so big, or the Big 12, big, jeez, I mean, all my conferences messed up because of all the numbers. The Big 10, a.k.a. Big 18, is so spread out anymore now. Who cares? You can get places fast. Homesick, okay, I get it. But, like, he's got a big tackle recruit, right, like in Hawaii that he was committed to Oregon State, maybe he can flip him to Michigan State. Like, I think everything he said is right, and of course you can say that about most coaches. I'm excited to hear uh, some things Ryan said he had to say today. I'm excited to hear from him tomorrow in his press conference. Yes, um, I think the key is for him he's going to still need to land a good defensive coordinator, and here's my prediction. His D.C. name escapes me. Is a, is a candidate for the Oregon State job, but so is the San Jose State coach, who is an Oregon State guy, who is a lot of former Oregon State players on his on his coaching staff. If they go get him, I think the D.C. comes to East Lansing. My bet is I, I think the same. If he doesn't take that job, it'll be him. If not, I think Jim Leonard would be a phenomenal hire. I'd take him in a second. He's just an analyst now. Young, right? good recruiter. You know, And he's going to go somewhere. He's not going to stay an analyst yeah. forever. Analyst job is like a one-year, two-year stopgap. I know a guy. You know? His name's uh, Del um, Del Mucker. Griffith. Del Mucker. 
He's a former defensive coordinator. Huh? Mel Tucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Scotty Hazleton's available. Yeah. Barnett. So, I mean, that's my take. I think I, I said all along Smith was a top four candidate for me. Um, probably had him rated somewhere in there, you know, week after week. It could change a little bit. But I am very pleased. I think that it was a very good hire from Michigan State. I think the fact that their second choice, arguably Elko, was just hired by Texas A&M says a lot, too. I don't think Michigan State settled. I think that was the fear is they would settle and go back to Narduzzi, like going back to the, you know, the ex-fiance. Who's done that? Oh, I did that once. Um, it would, it, you know, like if they would have gone for Candle, no no offense, he's probably a pretty good up-and-coming coach from Toledo. I didn't want a Matt guy. Um, I didn't want Matt Campbell, even though Iowa State had a good year. I certainly didn't want P.J. Flex. So I give Michigan State credit for going out and getting a good guy and a guy that's not going to be like the last John Smith that came into Lansing. Although that John Smith did have a hell of an offense, I will say that. Yeah. Didn't do squat in terms of winning games or going to bowl games, but his offense was fun to watch. A little weird, a little odd. A little quirky, a little quirky. So I I took up a lot of that time, Ryan. What, any Echo thoughts it. from you? Nope. I'm, I'm excited for his staff. His O-line coach is really good. Good tight ends coach. I, those are the th- Quarterback and O-line. Like, I think Nate Carter's going to stay. I think he's a really nice back. I think if Mangum comes back, he gives you a nice kind of bruiser guy for a sixth-year guy. Berger's going to come back, you know, healthy next year. He brings his running backs coach too, yep. right? So pretty good. Like, I think he's got some talent to work with that receiver. You know, hopefully, maybe even a guy like Foster comes back. We got this young tight end that played a little bit towards the end of the year. Perfect. Carr comes back. He has a good tight ends coach too that's coming with him. So. I think Michigan State's offense can make a remarkable improvement year over year. And the defense really wasn't that bad. I think the defense was just put into a lot of bad spots and had a ton of injuries. So talent there. Lord help us. I hope the strength and conditioning coach and the coaching staff doesn't just play patty cakes all the time and they actually have healthy guys because that's a big problem. Probably be Michigan a good State's idea. Head, so. All right, so that's that. Spot number four, hoops yeah. quickly. Basketball. Um Feast week was great. Um, Purdue's number one for the thir- only Big Ten team to be number one th- in three straight seasons. How about that? Yeah, in the AP poll era. Um, very interesting. Marquette, uh, they, they, I mean, they, who they beat? They beat Tennessee. They beat Marquette. They beat Gonzaga. I mean, that was a heck of a week for them. That was, yeah. The Maui was awesome. Marquette's really good. Kansas is really good. Tennessee's a really good team. UCLA is a really good team. Gonzaga is. I mean, that was that was a star-studded event. It's gonna um, be that way next year too when Michigan State's in it. Yeah, it's a really good. Like North Carolina's in it. Oof. Good Look, Lord. Michigan State had a three quarters of a good Thanksgiving day. Hogard finally woke up. Had yeah, a good poor second half. first seven or eight minutes. I mean, the starts are that's an issue. Um, you can't can't fall into a hole. You can't like play that. that way against good teams, and that includes James Madison and win games. Um, Michigan State has got to figure out how to get. Walker and Hogard in sync at the same time. Aikens still is not, he's in kind of hit or miss with the scoring, but he does the little stuff. Carr really stood out to me. He made some great plays, played 19 and a half minutes. I think yeah, he him and Fears are growing up a little bit. They are, um, you know, uh, Booker did not play at all, but he had a, his best practice according to Izzo and kind of gets it like he's got to wake up. Let's hope he wakes up because we really could use him. Um Look, I'm not surprised Michigan State lost. In fact, actually, when they were down 15, I thought, yeah, that's about right. Uh, they actually didn't get out-rebounded by as much as I thought that they would have. I thought they held their own. But hold your own is not where Michigan State is in the scheme of things. Michigan State should win these games, and they're 0-3 against the big boys so far this year. So got an easy one tomorrow, and then Big Ten season starts. You know, Got a chance for a good win against Wisconsin to open Big Ten play. Uh, Oakland is not going to be easy. You got one more chance against Baylor, uh, who's a big boy in a neutral site. So if they can kind of win December, I think I'll feel a lot better about where this team is. Yeah, if they can go keep it one loss or less in December and start off well at the beginning of the new year, I think that they get a chance to, you know, probably be a team with under 10 losses and probably get a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. Um you know, there's, they'll have their chances for big wins. They'll have their chances for tough losses. Um, we'll see. Um, there's progress, which is good. Uh, their defense always travels, which is I'm very happy with. 
Um, last year was kind of selective. Yeah, the this defense. Year. I will say the defense has been this year's been. A, it's pretty. It's really shootings good. coming around a little bit. They're still in the three. Yeah, you know, think, it'll get there. I think Oakland is going to beat Xavier. Wow, they're up seventy-eight, seventy-four. Good for them. Campy, fortieth year, I think. That's crazy. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. Um, I don't think uh, Northwestern's losing to Northern Illinois. Wisconsin's beating Western Illinois, and Rutgers is beating St. Peter's. Let's let's just look at the Nebraska sits atop the Big Ten at seven and zero right now. Man, who are they play? Fighting Hoybergs. Nobody. Michigan State plays them a week from uh, Sunday. Ohio State five and one. They only lost to Texas A and M. Illinois yeah, they're pretty five soon. and one. Illinois is off to a pretty good start. Indiana's five and one. They're a bit of a paper tiger. They've yeah, been in a lot good. of games where they've had to come from behind. Rutgers, Northwestern, both four and one. Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, four and two. Michigan, Penn State, four and three. Michigan State and Maryland, three and three. So Maryland's um, disappointed me. I they're pretty. Michigan's bad. been a hot heap of garbage. Well, I thought they were really good. And it's because they beat a very bad St. John's team. <laughs> and, yeah. That's you mean Colorado of college basketball? Right, exactly. So that's what you're seeing there. So, Yeah, the Big Ten will be interesting. I don't I don't know. Purdue's really good, but there's not another team in there that really scares me a ton. And there's nobody that's unbeatable. I mean, I think UConn's really good. I think Kansas is really good. I think Arizona's really good. Yeah, they're solid teams. Marquette's really good. Purdue's really good. Tennessee's really good. I think there's 12 to 15 teams that have Duke's solid, North Carolina. Yeah, yep. I mean, there's a lot of solid teams this yep. year. Not No one crazy good, like I said at the beginning, but should be a fun season. I think that's all the hoops that we have. We can jump to our last one yeah. real quick. NFL... Uh, well, the Lions, we'll, we'll start with that. Um, it, it, they're an issue. That's two weeks in a row. Um, really, three kind out of the last. flirting with disaster. Yeah, and they it finally played with fire, and they finally got burned. Um, kudos to the Packers that played really well. Love, he's pretty bad, and he torts the Lions. Um, not great. Um, Goff has been terrible. And Anzalone's out now. I didn't tell you that earlier. He's uh, Campbell said he's probably going to be out for a while. My happen to him. He's been playing probably as good, well as anybody on defense. Don't know. On defense, it stems from no it's pass terrible. rush. We've talked about it with Hutchinson. He's been a no-show this year, and the Lions don't have a lot of pass rush support to go with it. And, there's, in, and any secondary can look bad when teams yeah. have all the I don't think your secondary is that bad. It's just no. there's no rush. And then offensively, the Lions are just the line was bad. The, the line has, has been a lot of different makeups and whatever. I get it. Goff has not been – on his game, they have the weapons. I'm not worried about that. No, Amon Ra no and Smith and um, Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery and Laporta. Reynolds and Laporta. Like I'm not worried about that. I'm worried that the line can kind of get Goff a consistent can, look. Goff yeah. can settle his ass down, and I think it's going to come out of the defense. I think when push comes to shove, most week the Lions can outscore anybody in the NFL. The problem is, is can they get enough pass rush? Can they get enough pass container, you know, running container, the running back, running quarterbacks to win? I don't know if they can. No, that's their biggest issue. Look, everybody's allowed a brain fart. The 49ers, although the Browns are decent, lost on the road to the 49ers. They got waxed somewhere else along the way. They lost three games in a row at one point, right? Like the Eagles really probably should have lost last night. The Cowboys are 8-3. and three. They haven't beat a team that has more than four wins this and, year. And I'll say this. Act like the sky's falling. The Lions are 8-3. and three. Right. They're borderline 2 We both said 10-7 at the but beginning of the season. They're borderline 2 seed. If, I think they can get to 12-5, and five and that'll probably give them the 3 seed. Well, for sure the 3 seed is... Yeah. The NFC South ain't catching up anytime soon, no. but no. Um, we'll see. Um, I, I would like to get a two seed because then you could avoid playing a Seattle who's been a thorn in your side for mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. Um, they're dinged up as well, so we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, a lot of teams are dinged up. That's the problem when they went to the 17-game season. Yeah, it's a long injuries, season. Right? It's just it, it's a grind. Um, you got Minnesota driving zero, zero. right now on Minnesota uh, in the red zone. Is it still 0-0? Zero, zero? Yeah, end of the first quarter. Uh, Niners are looking back to their good. Yeah, they, they look good. Dolphins look good. Jets look like crap. Or New Orleans is maybe ripe for the pick this weekend. The Lions have lost two games at home, and they have a great home field advantage, so maybe it's not a bad thing to get out and get away from home, get away from the comfort. Pittsburgh, first time over 400 yards of total offense in 58 games. They got a win at Cincinnati, who's obviously dinged up. Tennessee, you know, forced out Reich 
because they beat Carolina. Indy won again. Indy's, Indy's been pretty competitive. Indy's six and five. Yep, and that's, that what, is, that's NFC what, South actually is pretty dang good with New England the Texans and, 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 and Giants is horrible. Houston was a doink off the crossbar away they, from beating they Jacksonville. They waved that guy today. That Did kicker, they? yeah. That's too bad. It was a 58-yard kick. Yeah, that's kind of, I feel bad for him, but I guess it's a business. Denver, don't look now. They're playing well. The Lions play them in a couple weeks. They're not doing much on offense, but they've been opportunistic. Rams smoked the Cardinals. Vegas was up 14-0, lost 31-17. Buffalo, that was a, they 505 yards of offense. Um, and then Baltimore beat the Chargers, so... It'll be interesting. Um, you got Lions, New Orleans this week. Seattle, Dallas would be a big game. Dallas finally plays somebody of consequence. Let's see what other big games are this weekend. Uh, Denver, Houston, both six and five. That's big in the playoff push. Um, Niners, Eagles, mm. big game right there. I think Bills, Chiefs, too. Um, did I see Bills Chiefs? No, Kansas no, City, Green Bay. That might be the next week. Kansas City plays Green Bay. That's the next one. Um, Cincinnati, Jacksonville. So obviously that Monday night game was made when they thought Joe Burrow, Joe, Joe Burrow was going to be around. But. Joe Shiesty. All right. Yep. Um, all right. That's uh, around the world. Hey, going back to spot four real quick, Chris and Dave just sent me this. From Jonathan Smith, I felt the fit was great in regards to what I value and, and in regards to this community, this fan base, a program of substance, a program we're working to, to develop young men on and off the field. That's a good quote. Love it. Sprint, does Ryan Day survive? Yeah, I mean... I think one more time and he's done. Look, John Cooper was something like 1-9-1 and one against Michigan. Like... But he won 10 games every year back when they played 11. Like, I mean, Day has them in contention. Again, still, they would have they need some help, but they could still make the playoffs. So, I, I mean, I think the problem that you can fall into is that if you put so much hype, it can be, it can be almost, like, overwhelming. I think D'Antonio always balanced that really well for Michigan State because, obviously, Michigan State had such a want to, to beat Michigan – but I think the way he went about it worked, much like how Trussell went about it. And I think Day is kind of, I don't know, he's, I think he's overthinking it right now, to tell you the truth. Yeah. And that game could have gone either way. If anybody tells you Michigan dominated, they're flat out lying because they got help from the one call that really was an interception in the end zone um, and a couple of turnovers. Now, Michigan won the turnover battle, so not, nothing, you know, that's not a discredit to them. And Blake Corm, like I said, is a fantastic running back. That's not a discredit to them. And JJ is a good game manager, I think, not a game breaker. Um, Michigan's got a good team, no question. But I think Ohio Utah. State, Ohio State easily could have won that game, too. So, yeah. Um, in honor, I saw this on Twitter earlier. Tiger Woods said that when he was back in his heyday, he would every day would make 100 to 200 four footers in a row. How many in a row could you make on actual grass, not on the? Crikey, that's like shooting free throws on actual grass, not on the putting mat. Well, two footers are two footers. You're not going to have footers. break or four. Well, four. Jeez, that's a lot. I could. I think the most I've made on our putting mat was like 36 in a row. I feel like I could do 10 in a row, and then I just would get too scared and miss. No, I think if you got into a rhythm and you did it, you could you could do it pretty regularly. But that's what it takes to be able to make them with confidence, right? Yeah, that's why he's one of the best putters to ever play the game. Yep. All right, let's hear uh, your pre-championship week uh, Final Four playoff. Um, I think Georgia gets Alabama, Michigan gets Iowa. That's kind of a no-brainer. I think Oregon gets um, Oregon gets Washington. And then I think my fourth spot's going to be between Texas and Ohio State. And I think Texas is going to flirt with disaster, but it's going to win and is going to slide into that fourth spot. Ahead of Alabama, ahead of Ohio State. Well, Alabama, they beat and would have two losses. So ahead of Ohio State, they're going to slide in. See that? I'm going to go Georgia as the one playing Florida State as the four. I think Florida State gets it done. I, I don't think you can keep out a 13 and 0. No, I don't. I think if they go, if they win, but I don't. It wouldn't surprise me if they lose. Um, then Michigan, Oregon, and I think it'll be a little Dan Lanning Bowl, Oregon, Georgia for a national championship. Yep. Um, first week. If Michigan plays Oregon, Michigan will lose by three touchdowns. Yeah, Oregon's good. 
I think if they played Texas, they would lose. I think if they played... I think the best team in college football right now... I think it's Oregon. Is Oregon. Yep. I think they're the most complete team, top to bottom. All right, in honor of soup, we had soup for dinner. The soup Nazi. Best. What's your favorite soup? Well, I mean, I kind of know, but maybe well, the yours? listeners don't. Broccoli cheese always has been. I love the Costco chicken Broccoli noodle soup, cheddar. but my favorite is my own homemade beef stew. That's not homemade. It is too. Dinty more. No, it's not dinty more. I just haven't made it. You ever made it for me? Well, maybe if you ask nicely and buy me the ingredients, I'll do it. Okay. Deal. Deal. That's 150. 150 Uh, in the books. Yeah, next week we'll probably do some awards for Big Ten. We'll pick our uh, starting five for Big Ten hoops um, as Big Ten conference play starts next week um, for that little quick blurb um, that they play every year. yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Couldn't do it without you. Um, thank you for all the support. And as someone somewhere once said, inappropriate for some teams that shall remain unnamed, winners never quit and quitters never win. <laughs>